Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by Chopper Pete Quinnell. How's it going, Chop? Yeah, all right, mate. I am tired, but what else is new? <laughs> no, well, you've got a big old weekend ahead of you as well. Because I like, sure do. Usually, like, you know, when I do the show with Denise on a Friday, Denise is not here this week, I'm afraid, every week. She is in Chicago, um, being all Hollywood and all that, going to all out and whatnot, hanging out with Sean Ross Sapp and all the other cool wrestling people. The Tempest. Week. Yeah, Tempest. <laughs> <That was, laughs> Did you see that tweet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in case anyone didn't see it, Denise put up a tweet being like, this random guy came up to me while I was waiting for my taxi to take me back to the hotel and using my name. I was like, who are you? It was Tempest. Um, <laughs> this is so funny. Yeah. Tempest, don't take that mask off, everyone. Um, yeah, made me laugh. Anyway, um, so let's get into this main show itself, and then we'll talk about our upcoming weekends. Uh, we're going to be talking about this weekend's All Out, potential debuts that could happen, why they mean shouldn't happen, where else they could happen, where on the shows. It's a very fun discussion. It's me, Pete and Laurie. Here's the show. Who on earth is going to debut at AEW All Out this coming weekend? I am Lou Cohen, and I'm not joined by the hardest working person in all of sports infotainment, Denise Salcedo, this week because she's being hard at work in Chicago. Instead, it's the boys from the dwarf. I'm joined by Chopper Pete Quinnell and El Fakador Laurie Blake. It's a wrestle talk team doing the wrestle talk podcast which is a bit of a nice change isn't it unbelievable yeah <laughs> wrestle talk guys on a wrestle talk podcast is unheard of you don't see it often in fact actually as laurie was saying uh, just before we started and pete actually mentioned this as well this is the second podcast that pete and laurie have done together this week but perhaps more controversially it's the second podcast that Laurie has done this week. We've allowed him on two shows. Yeah, they don't let me talk at length, just in case something comes out. So, 
<laughs> like, it, was, it was it was getting there with NXT. Get dangerous. Oh yeah. 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 Probably probably make AEW cross or something. To be fair, I then was the one. Then what would we do without the paychecks? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, if we can't get that Khan coin in, like this whole channel's mm. going to fall apart. We're going to have to rely on Patreon to start just doing some more Patreon stuff. Yeah. Khan coin yeah. sounds like cryptocurrency. <laughs> like we, we crap cryptocurrency that we've been foisted into. Well, it is all out this coming weekend. Uh, Chopper Pete, you're going to be doing live reactions to the show uh, with sure Oliver am. Davis in the office. Uh, we get, we actually, well, just before we came on air, we're also working out who's going to be doing the edited review and all this sort of stuff because it's all changed. Now we're all like back in the office. We don't really know how to make content anymore so that it all like makes sense and everything. So we're all working that out, but it is all out this weekend. I, for one, am super duper excited about it. Pete, I know you're excited about it as well, but Laurie Blake, how are you feeling about the show? Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited, Luke. I'm, uh, you know, I don't like to get, don't like to get too emotional about things, but yeah, I think this is going to be a, I'll, you know, I might smile at some point when it's happening. I might smile. even go, ooh, and CM Punk does a thing. <laughs> I might, I might, I'm, I might not. I'm not saying yeah. I will. Don't like, don't get ahead of yourselves, guys. Like, I don't want to get too crazy. But yeah, I might, you know, I might also do a like, hmm. if there's like a, hmm. if there's a Canadian destroyer at some point. Yeah, if there's a Canadian like, destroyer, I might go, hmm. 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 Nice. I like it. I like to see yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Pete, how are you feeling about the show? I'm really, really excited. Uh, one, because, again, I get to watch it with another person. That's, all, that's good. That's fun. Uh, and, yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun show. I'm so excited to watch the Unpunk Wrestle again. I'm a little bit nervous about it for him um, on his behalf, but also I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think they, they know what they're doing. And I'm there's a, a lot of matches, as we saw on the prediction stream, there's a lot of matches where I just don't know who the winner's going to be. So I'm mm -hmm. excited for a lot of those matches too. Yeah, 10 big matches. It is Punk's first match in like seven years and stuff. Like I can't even begin to think of the pressure that's on mm -hmm. Punk like for this match. Like, I can't even... I mean, he had a ton of pressure on him before his first UFC fights, which I'd imagine was pretty big. But this is... This is totally different. This is CM Punk stepping back into a wrestling ring. The best in the world stepping back into a wrestling ring in Chicago. Likely the main event. Laurie, man, this is going to be like, the pressure is going to be nuts. I feel like the pressure at the UFC fight was more because it was like, put your money where your mouth is. You've left wrestling at like peak peak time and you've decided to do this other thing. And also you're legitimately going to get punched in the face by someone. Like mm -hmm. that's all that that's pressure. This is this, this is this is a lot of pressure to be under. The good thing is, I think, is the goodwill that CM Punk will have generated going into this means that one of those that there is just there is the fact that when he comes out in gear, people are gonna chant holy S for that anyway. Like, do you know what I mean? So that there is the ability that this doesn't have to be a five-star classic match. This has to be a competent return to the ring for CM Punk. And I think people will still love it. Yeah, I think you're probably right on that one. It's, it's like when you look back at the the Money in the Bank match, you know, the, the all-time classic, the, the Cena match that they had at Money in the Bank in 2011, that is not the crispest match in the world. Like mm. there are sort of like, you know, a, a handful of botches throughout this, like noticeable as well. Like it's pretty sloppy in places, but because of that crowd reaction and because of like the emotion and the story that it told throughout, it is considered like a five star, one of the best WWE main events of all time. 
I, I wonder, Pete, if this is going to kind of get the same deal because it is like it's his first match back in seven years. This crowd are going to go bananas no matter what he does. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that a lot of people, like like Laurie said, they just want it to be a, a competent return. And that is fine. Uh, people want to see Punk succeed. So even if the return is fine, people will be like, perfect. That's all, that's all we wanted. It's good. He's still good. He, he's he's just a little older he's still good he's still good is all they're going to be saying the whole time and that and that's fine it could be amazing blow away knockout performance the best punk match we've ever seen or whatever probably not but as long as people think that hey he's he's still cm punk he's still very good at what he does then that's fine people will cheer the hell out of him and it's gonna be a great match and people really like derby as well people are just gonna be really into this match it's just gonna be a yeah. lot of people that are just excited to watch the match happen regardless of what happens in it yeah, I think Derby's an inspired choice. Sorry, sorry, Luke, to jump in, but I think Derby is an inspired choice for the for an opponent here because Derby's the sort of person that can ragdoll himself around to make you look better. And Derby will do the kind of crazy stuff, and Punk can kind of take it easy-ish, I imagine. And then you've got the brilliant, like you've got the added extra of a Sting being around, so you can have a Punk and Sting stare down, which is just enough to provoke a really big pop and a big chant out like that. I would, I'd pop for that so hard. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's the one thing. Cause like, cause like Sting said on dynamite that he's not going to be at ringside. So like, and I no, think that might miss, so, but we kind of got that moment a little bit on dynamite, but yeah, I think you're mm. right. Like a, something on the ramp. Like if Darby makes his entrance out first and then punk makes his, and like he has a little face off with sting at the top of the ramp, like there certainly could be something there. And like, yeah, I, I was only going to mention that we talk about the, the pressure on punk. There's got to be pressure on Derby as well. Like, as mm. the guy who was having Punk's first wrestling match in seven years, handpicked <laughs> to be the first match back, like, that's also got to be, you know, butterflies in the old tum tum, uh, I would imagine. Mm. Almost certainly, yeah. But I think that the good thing for Derby is that everyone knows he's already a good wrestler, he's already proven that he can do it. So I think if he has a poor match, people won't be as annoyed as if it was someone completely new and like untested against punk kind of thing. So I think there is a little bit of leeway for him. I think the one thing that Darby can't do is injure CM Punk because <laughs> the amount of people that would not be happy with that man, even if it is a complete accident and you know, it's wrestling injuries happen, you know, but if something goes wrong and it's Darby's fault and punk gets injured, I think he might have to turn heel because a lot oh, of people would not be happy about it. Hey, why did you say that? I'm Mine sorry. Just trying to speak <laughs> it into existence. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that's me thinking like that's literally the the only way that I think this match can go wrong because you're putting in Punk, who yes hasn't wrestled in seven years, but was the best in the world at one point against the guy that we know is a great wrestler in Darby Allen. The only way that can like screw up is if something goes wrong. I think if you put them out there and just have, say, have a match, that's fine. They're, they're going to do great. Sorry, uh, Pete, everyone's turning on you now. This is why they stuck Pete in a closet. <laughs> Pete being yeah. the heel again. Boo, Pete, boo. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I, I, th I think you guys forget I'm supposed to be a heel. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, it's, uh, there's other things happening at All Out. Obviously, we've got Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the title. There is our, our, our women's match. Uh, we've got um, Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander for the AEW Women's Championship. The Casino Women's Battle Royal as well, I suppose you could say, is technically a second women's match. It's on the, it's on the main card now. 
I think it is mm. a women's match. Yeah, yeah. It's featuring it women, is, yeah. so you know. Yeah, yeah, it's on the main card now because Pac and Andrade is off, so the ten man tag is on the buy-in instead, which I think will be a lot of fun. Um, but the other thing that people are talking about with this show are the potential debuts that we could see, which is what we are here to discuss today. So one of those guys, we'll we'll do we'll do Danielson first, I think, because. Brian Danielson uh, was rumored to have signed with AEW a couple of months back. They said like it was a done deal. I think it was Body Slam were the first people to say it was like it's a done deal. He is signed and it's likely going to be at the New York show. I spoke with Andrew Zarian when I was on We're Live Pal with him, Gareth and Denise. And he said on there, that's what I've heard. It's the New York show is when he's going to be making his debut. However, there are now some doubts about that New York show because COVID is a thing. And unfortunately, it's a thing that isn't exactly just gone away. So there's worries that that show might not go ahead as currently planned. So there was a report that he is being moved forward and he's going to debut at All Out instead. Uh, instead, I should say. Now, this is what Meltzer had to say in The Observer today. Obviously, Danielson is not confirmed in the sense by the promotion, but we've been told by multiple sources it was scheduled for All Out. Bodyslam.net had been the first to report it publicly. If it doesn't happen, it would be a change in plans. So that is a case of, you know, it's basically going to happen. But if it doesn't, plans change, brother. We're going somewhere else. Uh, Pete, how do you, I mean, how are you feeling about Danielson coming into All Elite Wrestling? Uh, I mean, generally, great. God, yes, please give me more. Literally, almost all the time when he was on his, like, final run on, on SmackDown, I would quite often say on the SmackDown reviews, like, just give me Daniel Bryan wrestling people. That that's that's fine. That's all he needs to do is just wrestle people because you don't need anything more than that. His like little series against Cesaro, a massive thumbs up. His stuff against Roman Reigns, amazing. Like his leaving match, his last match he had against Roman Reigns on SmackDown, amazing. Cool, just do more of that. So for him to come into a place that accepts that style so much more of just have a really good match, it's gonna suit Danielson so so well, and I cannot wait because he's so good at wrestling god he's amazing um so i'm excited for that and i genuinely am really excited to watch him hopefully debut on sunday because i think carrying that momentum of cm punk through to get to danielson to come in as well and then potentially somewhere somewhere down the line in a couple of weeks maybe at the new york show have an adam cole oh oh it's a, it's it's a good time it's a good time to be an AEW fan to get all these guys in to to have like it feels like AEW's entering the next phase of its existence. It's had the initial bit, it had like the whole pandemic situation. Now we're coming out of that, we're evolving into the next phase of AEW, and we're getting in the guys like Punk and Danielson and hopefully Cole. Fingers crossed, please. Uh, and and it will be. I'm very excited for the company. And as Mandy Savage said, uh, here says, he's got a slick haircut too. Exactly. Uh, Laura, I suppose my question would be though, with with mm. Punk on the show, does, uh, you know, like there's a lot of buzz around the show already. Does it need a, a Danielson debut? So that's what I was going to say. I actually kind of disagree with Pete. I don't think, like, I don't think we should be building the Punk into Brian and it should just be this kind of roller coaster of like, here's more things. Like, Punk is big enough on its own. Like, just do that main event. That main event, if that if that does main event, anyway, nothing else on that show 
matters. And I think they realized that when they moved Hangman and Kenny Omega, they don't want that moment swallowed by another moment, you know, like, and I think same thing with Daniel Bryan. You don't necessarily want the Daniel Bryan moment to swallow a CM Punk moment or the CM Punk moment to eat the Daniel Bryan moment. You might as well save it for a different show. I think you could tease it. I think you could say like what they could do it all out is literally say he's going to be on the show, but it's on rampage on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then you get big yeah. viewing figures for Rampage again, a huge boost to that. And then just do the same. Like you can do, you can basically copy paste what you've done with CM Punk, but with Brian Danielson. Like it, it, it wouldn't make any difference. But I think, yeah, you're you're almost wasting um, the the kind of that moment by having another huge moment. Like there's there's definitely sort of a careful balancing of like the way you kind of build a crowd up to the crescendo of like, this is the bit where you're going to like lose your mind. And for this show, it's going to be CM Punk. So it should go on last because it's anything that follows that is a waste of time. Everyone's going to be spent. Like, and I think the same thing, like with, with the Daniel Bryan thing, it's going to become the old news by the time that the CM Punk thing happens at the end of the show. Yeah, the, Brian's an interesting one because if the reports are to be believed, and he is going to debut at the show, I'm, I was just thinking then while you were while you were talking, Laurie, it's like where where mm. on the show do you put this? Because do you literally just like once Kenny retains over Christian, then you bring him out and do the stare off between Kenny and Danielson? But then that like open up the door of just like. Well, what about your own talents that you've been trying to push into the main event scene? You're just bringing in new guys, particularly because he's just facing off against Christian as well. Like you just bring in mm. another, I'm using Bucky O'Hara's for podcast listeners, another ex-WWE guy to like step into the title picture. Because like with that as well, like do you do it after the Punk match? And like he comes down to have the face off with Punk in that sense, just like, well, I kind of want to see Punk against some of the AEW guys. I don't want to just see him face off against mm. Danielson again. Obviously, I want to see that match, but I don't need to see that right away. So like where in where on the card P if if Danielson does debut, where would you try and slot this in? It's it's genuinely really hard to say because I think the most impactful place he could he could go is probably the AEW world title picture but i don't think i would mind it so much especially because christian debuted and immediately was like seen holding the title and that was that was his goal he wants to get to the title but he wasn't immediately put into that program he had to organically work his way up to that level he didn't just go here's christian and now he's in a world title match so I think if I think the the goodwill that AEW has got from its fans would mean that if Brian came out and had a stare down with Kenny Omega, one, that's a match that people really want to see. Good God, that has been like WWE versus AEW dream match on that would be near the top of most people's lists, right? Uh, Brian uh, Daniel Bryan, but now Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega would be right up there. So giving them that tease immediately. I, I don't think people would hate it, and especially because I don't think they would then immediately do Danielson versus Omega soon after that. He would then have to work his way to that point. It's just like, here's the end goal where we're going to get. Everyone gets excited, and I think it would work perfectly. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. You know, Christian debuted in, what, like March? And now we're in mm-hmm. August, yeah. like you know, and he's getting his title shot now. September. So this is something they've been sort of slowly building to over time. Uh, Laurie, if it, if it was you and you were sort of like looking up and down this card, a lot of people in the chat are saying like something around MJF, like maybe with the Jericho match, something around Miro, maybe like if you don't want to just pull the trigger on the Omega feud so soon. 
Yeah, I think I think timing wise, not even just what picture I would put Danielson into immediately entering the company. Timing wise for the show, I would either have him open the show or I would have him in the midpoint of the show. Though the two like the two points where you want people to get hot again and then they've mm-hmm. got time to cool down and get hot again before the finale. Like that is what I do. I, I would I would literally open the show with Brian Danielson walking out onto stage and doing a hi i'm here in AEW speech doesn't have to face off against anyone doesn't have to do any more he's just gonna have to say i'll be on rampage or whatever it's gonna be for later in the week i would do that do you know what or, would be really great like sorry to get you off there would be really great is to do it right at the end of the buy-in so it's mm-hmm. sort of like you know like a minute before like the buy-in closes the final countdown hits and he walks out and they're being like man if you want to see what he's got to say now you've got to go and buy the pay-per-view as like Ooh, as an advert to like buy yeah. the pay per view, like that's that's a pretty good advert to be like. Well, I have to now see like Danielson's debut in AEW. I've got to go get the pay per view. You cut it off at the moment he's on stage, being like, "And <laughs> yeah. we're going over there now." Like, and they'll just replay the package of him walking out. That'd be genius. Um, I like people saying, um, talking about like him coming out and confronting Miro. I know it's not like it's not the very top title, but. Tony Khan's been saying this week that he doesn't see the TNT Championship as a mid-card title anyway. So I feel like that could be a really fun little callback. You then you got your little WWE bubble here as well, and then like you can keep Punk facing the young up-and-coming guys that he wants to face. You can kind of continue doing Kenny and Hangman for later in the year. Like you don't, yeah, like you said, you don't just want these ex WWE guys to keep coming in and being like, "Oh, Kenny Omega, brilliant, perfect." Let's just yeah, do, exactly. let's just do that, like because yeah, it's going to get to the point where you the the joke is going to kind of overtake um, what people think in, in the sense that like AEW were pushing this idea that they were going to be about building new stars, and everyone's going to be like, "Lol, you're just going to sign all the ex WWE guys, though, aren't you?" And then push them, and it's like, well, that is kind of what's happening and it's also because wwe's obviously released a load of people who are really good so why wouldn't why wouldn't you sign these great wrestlers well i guess that's it yeah it's funny about the the omega thing uh pete and i think it's because like when you have the best wrestler in the world as your top champion whenever anyone gets released like oh i really want to see them face um omega now like i think that's always going to be the problem when you have omega as the champion or as your top guy because uh, even like you know buddy matthews uh, the former buddy murphy is another name like buddy murphy has been like that's a match i really want against kenny omega and like at some point you've got to do the page match so that you mm. like you can bring these guys in and everything and do these dream matches but like really what i think what fans are clamoring for outside of the dream matches is that page moment yeah, I, I think you're totally right. And I honestly, I think you can do the Brian Omega tease here and you can do a Brian Omega feud after Omega drops the belt to Paige. You don't have to have Brian go for the title beforehand. Then Kenny drops the belt and goes insane. And uh, <laughs> probably. And then, <laughs> then you can have the, uh, the Danielson match with Omega after that. And it's not for the title. It's just a match that everyone wants to see because mm-hmm. that match does not it doesn't need a title in it i'm just going to tell you that much for free um so i, I think yeah if it's a similar amount of time because it's been what six months of christian being in the company getting to the point where he's now challenging for the world title you can have uh danielson go for longer before even challenging for the title you can have him you know if maybe can he drops the belt at full gear to hangman uh in november and then he uh 
revolution in February or something, it's Brian versus uh, or Danielson versus Omega. I think that would work totally fine, and it would still mm. make sense. Let's uh, let's talk about Adam Cole now. So Adam Cole's contract expired with WWE accidentally, essentially, um, because they, uh, they they did not renew it. Um, he signed a small extension with them that took him through to SummerSlam, reportedly because he wanted to finish up his feud with Kyle O'Reilly. And he didn't re-sign. I believe contracts were offered. Like, I'm only going by what's been reported. Like, I believe contracts were offered. He decided not to take them. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he probably looked at Karrion Cross on Raw and be like, mm, nope, I think I'm all right, actually. I think I'll... Um, I think I'll I think I'll try my uh, try my hand elsewhere, and obviously now that he is out of WWE, the rumor you know the rumor engine starts to worry. But like, oh, when's he going to show up in AEW? Because he could show up tomorrow. He could show up. Well, yeah, I mean, technically tomorrow. Like, he could literally go and walk in the door tomorrow because he's a free agent now. He mm-hmm. has no non-compete. He could literally be at all out on Sunday. So this is what Meltzer had to say about this in the Observer. On the September 1st episode of Dynamite, they teased that Britt Baker would have an announcement of a major free agent signing. This wasn't advertised ahead of time, but was mentioned during the show. When Baker did her interview, she said it was she who had signed a new deal. While there is no way of knowing this, my thought is that if you're AEW, you wouldn't do that tease on your television show knowing the end result would be disappointment. If you didn't have a deal with Cole for later on, but time will tell on that one. The way that Meltzer writes some of this makes me think it's like he's heard something, but has been told not to say anything, so he isn't. But Laurie, I mean, like, I, do you kind of expect <laughs> Cole to be on the way there? I think the thing that AEW has done really well in the time that it's been on telly is create trust with fans. And you you know that at the points that they decide to swerve you, it's not just for the point of, ha-ha, we swerved you, we're never going to do that. It's to lead into and lean into the idea of something in the future. Like, you know, they advertise, they basically all but said CM Punk will be turning up on Rampage and CM Punk turned up on Rampage because otherwise Chicago wouldn't be there anymore. But mostly because, yeah, you, you, they, they want fans to trust them and believe in them and allow their stories to breathe, which WWE doesn't have the luxury of doing because if WWE ever tried to swerve away from something, people would jump down their throats before they got to the point where they brought it back on track and everyone would say that it was a retraction rather than the intention of the story. Mm-hmm. And I think AEW has the kind of goodwill with the fans to be allowed to do stuff like have Britt Baker say there's a big free agent signing. It's funny because it's Britt Baker. We know who she's going out with. We know that that's the suggestion, but it's also great heel work to do that and say that. But yeah, you wouldn't do that unless Adam Cole's going to turn up, surely, because people will back-reference that. People remember. People have very long memories in wrestling, and they will be pissed off. So yeah, I think Adam Cole will turn up. Um, I don't think he's going to turn up this weekend. I think Adam Cole could suddenly become the linchpin of the elite's downfall Mm. because he like they would want to play off that Adam Cole is dead. Adam Cole is a ghost thing in being the elite anyway, but him suddenly reappearing back alive again could be the thing that kind of sends all of them off the rails. Obviously they're already almost off the rails anyway, but I think, yeah, that would be part of the, downfall of them and maybe that's where the bucks lose their title i don't their title i don't know i also like this idea as well of just having cole in the crowd for brit's match doing like the the, the hands over the nose <laughs> 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 she didn't take over yeah. yes 
<laughs> and that's funny. how you debut Adam Cole in AEW. Um, one of the suggestions that I did see uh, from someone, which is the you know he gets involved in the the tag match, like you were saying there, Laurie, between the Bucks and the the Lucha Bros. And I suppose one of the ways you could get around that is because Dynamite did such a good job of getting over the idea that no one can get inside the cage, right? Like the cage is there mm -hmm. to spe specifically designed to keep Gallows and Anderson, Michael Nakazawa, and Brandon Cutler and Callis outside of the ring. But what if Adam Cole comes from underneath the ring, like cuts up and essentially like raises up, almost if like raising up from the dead, being reborn into the wrestling world, into this sort of being the elite world? And that's a way to get Adam Cole into the match. I think that on TV it would work, Pete, but also from a live crowd, if you're trying to see that through a cage and you don't quite see what's going on, you might not get that big Adam Cole pop that you, you might be after. Uh, I think it depends how, how it's done, honestly. It, it literally just depends on on like the, the framing and the staging of, of how they do that. I think it could totally work. If you literally... I think if he slides out from under the ring and just gets in, it might be a bit weird. If he literally cuts through the ring and come and comes through, and you just see like a hand come out, and everyone goes, "Whose hand is that?" And the hand does on? that. You do it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the hand, yeah, either does that or does a more likely that right, um, and just yeah, and and he he literally just like rises himself out the ring. I think if if you if you tease the the debut and everyone's attention is focused on there's this thing that's happening in the ring, what's going on? And then you see him rise up. Everyone will then pop. I'm pretty sure for that. Um, I I don't hate the idea of him getting involved here. If you're having Danielson, I wouldn't have Cole debut on this show. I think it's too it's too much for one show to have yeah. Punk's return to wrestling, Danielson and Cole, and potentially someone you like Ruby Soho in the in the women's battle royal as well. To have all of those in the same show is nuts. It, don't get me wrong, make for a great show, but you can you can drag those things out. You can make future episodes even more exciting by having that later down the line. And I think Cole getting involved with the Super Elite is possible. I would prefer the inverse of what Laurie said in that maybe the Lucha Bros win on Sunday, the Elite starts to implode a little bit, and Adam Cole is the one that comes in and reignites the Super Elite and gets them all back on the same page together, and then they become an even stronger Ooh. faction with Cole with them. I think it's, yeah. it might be a, a nice idea. You uh, you mentioned Ruby Soho there, uh, the former Ruby Riot. Uh, this is what Melter had to say in the situation, because this is obviously in reference to the Casino Battle Royale. Another potential debut is uh, Dory Prunge, I believe is her real name, uh, but now using the name Ruby Soho. Reports from weeks back have her indicated to be in the Casino Women's Battle Royale, likely in the 21st spot, which AEW always tried to deliver a surprise on. Khan did indicate that there would be a surprise in that match, noting that he would be producing the match and the company has announced the other 20 performers because we didn't know uh, when we did our predictions yesterday, but they've now got it up to 20. Riho has been announced for the match, which means there's only one spot left. And I think it's quite likely. I actually had uh, Soho doing a sort of a stare down thing with Baker after the title match with mm. Statlander. But I think having her come out as the Joker, which I think it's it's funny, like as soon as she was released from WWE, everyone was like, Oh, that works out for all out. She could be the Joker in the in the women's battle royal. And so, like, almost to what Pete's point was there, Laurie, if you have got Danielson on the show and you've got punk, you'd certainly wouldn't want to do Adam Cole, because that is all three of those mm -hmm. are gonna overshadow uh Ruby Soho's debut uh, in the battle royal. I think 
I think it's going to be overshadowed anyway. I, like, I, I don't, not to be horrible, but I don't think Ruby Soho is quite on the level of an Adam Cole or a Brian Danielson or a CM Punk in that in that sense of like how the wrestling community is kind of um, interested in this storyline. But I think she's a really good debut, and I think the, the Casino Battle Royale is a really great place for her, and I think she'll do really brilliantly in AEW. I just don't think I think WWE ruined a cachet really quite quite horrifically um so I, it's good to see her like getting kind of back on her feet i, I think all of her like promo stuff's been really great like uh, her little video packages have been really cool really well shot and yeah you i don't think you'd have that highly produced level of stuff without knowing where you were ending up you don't people don't do that sort of thing aimlessly they like to do it to build into something so yeah i can really see her debuting here but yeah i would rather they do ruby soho and then just do the CM Punk match and actually save Cole and Danielson for later, yeah. unless you were going to do them sort of middle of the show. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. I think like the if if the New York show is the problem because that's where they were going to do the Danielson thing. If like that's brought things forward, like I'm, I think that's always going to overshadow the, the plans that you originally had. Which for me, I think does. I think it is going to be Ruby Soho as the the Joker. I did see someone quite hilarious that like it would be amazing if it's um, the Iconics as the jokers they're like two entries into the uh, in like you know for one slot which i think is amazing um but pete like it's it, i mean what are your feelings on it, it being ruby soho it being someone else um and kind of like that possibly getting overshadowed by other things on the show yeah i mean i think it's inevitable that it's going to be overshadowed by something on the show i don't think that means you shouldn't do it because I think AEW really needs an injection in its women's division. Ruby Soho is fantastic. It's a great place for her to do it on pay-per-view in a casino battle royale. They always like to deliver a surprise, as he said. So I've, I still think, regardless of what else you've got planned on the show, still do it. Because just for her, just for her personally, that's going to be an amazing moment mm -hmm. for her. Because the crowd are going to pop for it regardless, right? Whatever else happens on the show, it's still going to be a fondly remembered moment. So I think you should do it. and. I'm literally going to talk against the point I just made before. But, <laughs> <Good> one, <Pete. laughs> but, but, but genuinely, you could just do everything all on this show and just have the complete landscape of AEW be completely changed from this one show. Because I think yeah. going into it, this is, this is a great card. Don't get me wrong. This is a very exciting card. It's got CM Punk's uh, return to wrestling in forever. It's going to be a really fun show. I don't think it's as strong as some other shows that AEW normally put on. Um, it's still very good, just not at the same outstanding level that we've seen for some of the other AEW cards. You throw in all these debuts. This could be the greatest show that AEW has ever done and will do for probably quite some time afterwards. Just make this the biggest show you can possibly. It's the first. I know we always say like, oh, you know, CM Punk came back on Rampage. That's going to really help the next Dynamite and the next Rampage. This is the first pay-per-view since Punk has come back. And if you haven't stacked the Dynamites and the Rampages after Punk has come back, you can stack the pay-per-view and make it worth people buying that and then saying, you should probably buy the next one. Some crazy stuff happens on pay-per-view. Like, whew. Yeah. It could, no, no, it could I, be smart. I don't know. I think whatever happens, we're not going to be disappointed coming out of All Out. I, I think so, yeah. I, I'm just to um, just put another idea onto having. Um, I mean, I, I should stop calling them the inspiration now. The uh, sorry, the iconics, the inspiration with two eyes. Having them come out as the Joker card is because then you can have Billy Kay go. You've got to be Jokering me. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> 
Oh dear <sighs> lord. <laughs> Anywho, um, and actually, as someone pointed out as well, Ruby Soho was literally dressed as the Joker at WrestleMania this year. So yeah. mm-hmm. she's probably still got that gear hanging around. Um, oh, yeah. So the some other names, um, these ones are, are much less likely. Like, they're just people who, uh, their non-competes have expired now. So we have got Buddy Murphy, the former Buddy Matthew, uh, sorry, Buddy Matthews, the former Buddy Murphy, I've got to get used yeah. to these new names now. Adam Shear, the former Braun Strowman, who I believe now wrestles as Titan, um, who announced his first thing. He's doing Free the Narrative 2 with EC3 on Vimeo. Um, you've also got the inspiration and CJ Perry, the former Lana in, in WWE. I Of those four names, I wouldn't expect to see any of them at all out. Um, I would expect to see, maybe to see some of them on a Dynamite and Rampage coming soon, particularly Matthews and The Inspiration. Those are two mm-hmm. that I'm very sure I think we're going to see in AEW. But Laurie, I mean, do, do you think, would it be overkill to have them also debut on the show? Or do you? Oh want man, to I think I think having the four that we've already talked about is overkill. Like <laughs> this, this is a business where people are people are going to buy the pay per view, like based on what they already know is on the show surprises might make people buy it post fact to watch that stuff happening but obviously like that's going to end up on youtube people will find it otherwise like you are much better in this business spreading out your stuff and as wwe have proven generally speaking pre-advertising as much of it as possible so giving people the suggestion that something is going to happen because yeah it turns out that if you tell people cm punk's going to be on rampage loads of people watch rampage if you tell people that uh, brian danielson's going to turn up Loads of people will watch the thing where he's turned up, like, and they've got, you know, it seems like there's a lot of people flowing around there who have got a bit of um, something about them that people want to see more of. So you might as well pepper them throughout your product to either pop your ratings or get people to buy your next pay per view, for instance, because people are going to be buying this one in droves. I don't think they need anything mm-hmm. else to sell all out beyond CM Punk. It's actually it's economically bad. It's actually economically bad to put all these things into all out because you're wasting a lot of stuff that you can use to sell pay-per-views elsewhere by saying, we're going to debut this thing, we're going to do this thing, we're going to do that thing. And you slowly eke out the kind of drama of that. Yeah, I mean, I also agree with the the idea as well of like, you know, people said this about WWE after SummerSlam because they brought back Brock and they brought back Becky on the same show. And we had a, an ultra chat in on the SummerSlam review that I hadn't actually considered until they'd mentioned it. But it's like, well, who's left? Mm. Like they've done it now. Like they've they've done all of their big returns. Like it's The Rock, I guess, is pretty much like the only other name because they've done all the big returns now. Cena's back. You know, Cena's made his return. Becky's made his, her big return. Brock's made his return. Like they've now kind of like spunked all of their like their big return so i think it's like for AEW, like yeah don't do all of them all at once because like you know you can probably try and spread these out a little bit of those names though pete are there any that you think are most likely destined for AEW and you'd like to see there uh buddy matthews 100 um i don't know if he's necessarily going to sign with AEW. someone who i'd really want to be in AEW. But regardless, I think we'll see him at least wrestle a few matches in AEW, whether that be if he signs with Impact, for example, I could still see him being one of the ones that kind of crosses over and does some sort of cross-promotional thing with AEW. Um, Or maybe even through a a New Japan link, he could totally do that too. I think wherever he goes, he's going to be fantastic. I personally, selfishly, want to see him in AEW because there's a lot of talent I want to see him wrestle in there. Um, But wherever he goes, he's going to be great. 
Um, I personally would also really love to see CJ Perry. And I know you don't just want to rehash WWE gimmicks, but I really want to see CJ Perry with Miro because I just think mm. that pairing works so well together. And Miro has been referencing her all the time. And it's, it's just a really good, when stuff is good, you just do it. All right. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's been done before. If it's good, you just do it again. I think that's it. It's an exception yeah. to the rule, and you should just do it again. Uh, Laurie, last thing on this. Are there any names on there that you're excited to see? Outside of Buddy Matthews, because I know you'd be very Oh, man, Buddy Matthews. <laughs> Talk about Buddy <laughs> he's Matthews. So, he's so um, good, though. What are the, the inspiration, are they called? You can talk now? about Buddy Matthews if you want. What, what are the iconics called now? Inspiration. The, the inspiration. So the Cassidy the inspiration. and... I forget what Billy Kay's real name is. I'll, I'll I'll look it up quickly. Hold on, you carry on. No worries. I think I feel like, Kay. yeah, I feel you, like those Kay. two. Those two for me are just they're so watchable. They're just they're so funny. They're so watchable. They like they've improved a lot in the ring as well. I think, and I feel like they would add something to AEW's women's division. Like they're they're something that's going to get good tv time and make good moments and aw's got a lot of tv show now like it's, it's got a lot of tv show so they need more they like they need to feature more women anyway and the kind of thing that you want from your women is you want them to be watchable and i feel like uh, the inspiration the iconics were that for wwe because they just create silly funny moments that people get to watch Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
let's get into all of your ultra chats here. Also, head on over to beer52.com forward slash wrestle. There's a link for it in the video description down below. You can get yourself 10 free craft beers. A huge thank you to Beer52 who have been sponsoring us for the last three weeks. An amazing company and an amazing service. Delicious beer. Get it from beer52.com. UK viewers only. The intangible one, Cliff Beard, said, my gut feeling is telling me that Ruby doesn't debut it all out and is instead saved for the New York show. Also, how funny would it be if Brian's return is him leading his old planeteer stable of Rowan and Buddy? <laughs> I mean, I don't mind the idea of Eric Redbeard being in there. But yeah, I mean, actually, like, you know, all of Ruby's stuff was done in New York, I think. So, like, it's actually not the worst idea to do that debut there. No, absolutely not. Uh, yeah, thematically makes sense. But she was getting. She did she get the train to New York, or did she get the train out of New York? I can't remember which. She got the train oh, yeah. to New York, didn't she? Oh, like, I, the narrative, yeah. I think it was on the latest one. The like the she did like a very like last minute like few frames, and it said destination. It was like Hangman. It had the number of letters, and the number of letters was for Chicago, which also technically works for New York. But New York is two words, not one. So mm. yeah. And you don't want to get Pete hung up on hangman rules. Because no, exactly. He will, he will talk your ear off. Yeah. Ten Rizzers. So good to have Laurie on live streams. Love the unpredictable vibe he gives off. Really pumped for this weekend. Looking forward to Punk on commentary Crazy. for Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> for me, Brian Ruby will all be on the show. Any extras will be a treat. <laughs> <laughs> what I do? Crazy. Uh, Ryder, I would rather see AEW save Adam Cole and Ruby Soho for the New York show. I would love to see Diana Perazzo be the Joker and win the Battle Royal to face Brit on Dynamite in a week or two. Champ versus Champ. I, if, I think if you're doing Champ v Champ, that's on pay-per-view, though. I don't think you're doing that. If it's if it's me, I don't think that's for Dynamite. I think that's a pay-per-view match. And you don't And you don't need to waste the win on it either. Like A champ from another company can walk in and be like, hey, do you want to prove that your company's yeah. better than my company? You, ju you just don't need it. Yeah, Pete? I don't mind it being on a Dynamite. I think something that AEW's done really well is been booking really big matches just on Dynamites, because they can, and on Rampages and stuff like that. And they've done really good weekly shows, and the pay-per-views are just even bigger super cards. So I, I don't think you... Especially because they only have like four pay-per-views a year, you can... You can definitely. I think that match is worthy of being on a on a dynamite, and I and I don't think it's a, a demotion or a waste if they do it on a dynamite no. or a rampage. James Hanley, what if Danielson is the guy that helps push Adam Page into believing he can beat Kenny Omega? Danielson faces Page three times. Clean win the first time. Roll up win the second. Third win goes to the time limit draw. Page then faces Omega and wins at Revolution. Um. I, I kind of like that, but I, I think the story for me, the drama in Paige believing in himself comes through the Dark Order at this point. I think that's what people are really into the idea of, is Paige in the Dark Order, Pete? Yeah, and I think that um, having Paige lose a bunch before he then challenges Omega is not a great story. I think that's a, it's a very good WWE story. I don't think it's a great AEW story. I think that, that wins and losses matter too much in AEW to then have Paige lose twice to Bryant and go to a time limit draw on the third. That just doesn't work for me. Well, because the point is that choices. he doesn't believe in himself, right? The point yeah. is, mm -hmm. the point is he's very good, but he doesn't, mm. and everyone knows it because he's got a very good win record, but he doesn't believe in himself in this instance. So it's not yeah. about the physical game. It's about the mental game. Yeah. 
Uh, Ericsson, I love the thought of all these free agents, but wherever they land, it does need to be paced out. Uh, New Punk Rand said, hey, lads, it's been a few weeks, but uh, from getting to see CM Punk in the flesh, it's the most euphoric thing I've ever experienced. And I've done LSD. But AEW has been... I'm crazy. <laughs> Unpredictable, just like me. Someone did say, like, crazy Lauren. <laughs> Uh, but AEW has been killing it and seems unstoppable. I can't wait for what's next. Love you all. Thank you, New Punk Rant. He also said, I don't think it's an all-out thing, but there have been teasers of Hoovy coming back to AEW. Have there? Have there been teasers of Hoovy coming back? I'm not saying it will happen. It's going to be cool. I'm hyped for Darby and Punk, Cage and Omega and Miro versus Lee Johnson. I'm into everything on the card. AEW is the best. Um, I think you might have been Kingston there for because it's uh, Lee Johnson versus Malachi Black tonight on Rampage. And it's Miro Kingston at the pay-per-view. Uh, Harry Burgess says, hey, gents, donated yesterday, but please take my money for the WWE Network. Ollie pronounced my name wrong yesterday, so I thought I'd clear up. It's pronounced Burgess. Once again, love your work. Looking forward to All Out. And lastly, Stephen Guzman said, so excited for All Out and Grand Slam, which I'll be attending. But first, lads, I need some advice. I'm doing a cosplay mixing Marvel and wrestling. So which do I do? War Machine combined with Bullet Club or Iron Man mixed with cleaner Kenny Omega. Love you all. Oh. Hmm. I feel like hmm. you could do a War Machine Iron Man as like Gorillas of Destiny, because I feel like their gear, their entrance gear with the masks almost has that Iron Man War Machine vibe. So, yeah. Oh, that's good. But it's one person. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand how you mix the whole bullet club with war machine. Was it just well, I suppose you, just, you would just do like a war machine cosplay, but it would be in like bullet club, mm. like with the bullet what club about logo and things like that. Ghost Rider Bone Soldier. <laughs> I, uh, I like the idea of doing um uh, doing Cyclops mixed with the new carrying cross thing because he's already got like the X for like oh, he's X. got his weird little uh... you could do the mask with like a little visor on it. Mm -hmm. I think it maybe works. Um, if only uh, the Viking experience was still called War Machine, because I would have just said you could do War Machine mixed with War Machine. Mm. War Machine and War Machine, yeah, exactly. That was so long uh, ago, Luke. <laughs> they were named that. It's only, All right, granddad. It's only, it's only because I'm watching Ring of Honor All Star Extravaganza from 2016 for WrestleTalk Extra, and War Machine were on the show. Mm. And it was them in a four corners tag match. It was War Machine versus Dalton Castle and Colt Cabana. Versus the cabinet versus of this team, Keith Lee and Shane Taylor. Oh, oh. big lovely team. It was delightful. The highlight of the match, I literally popped out my seat. I haven't watched the match since 2016. Popped out my seat again for Dalton Castle giving Keith Lee a German suplex. It was amazing. <laughs> um, couple of more chats have just come in. If Derby versus Punk is the main event, 2.0 drags out a beaten sting post-match and beats down a tired punk and derby. Final countdown plays. Danielson is the equalizer. This sets up Punk, Danielson, and Darby versus 2.0. And Darby gets put over through the association as a six-man tag, which actually, because I did say you could do Sting with Darby and Punk versus 2.0 with Garcia. But yeah, actually, like, Punk, Danielson, and Darby? Like, that's a, that's a real big deal. I mean, who's going to beat them? <laughs> Yeah, no one. They're, they're too big. <laughs> they're the, too the big stakes names. are unbelievable. The stakes are yeah. unbelievable, Luke. Yeah, you can't, you uh, can't William Rossmer. I love Braun. 
Uh, William Rossmer, I love Braun Strowman and I love AEW, but I'm not sure if I want Braun in AEW. Only a handful of AEW wrestlers are big enough to make that uh, make sorry, uh, big enough to make beating him believable. Yeah, Braun is a guy. I don't know if it fully works. Like, I, I, there's one thing I would say about AEW. I don't know if they do big men particularly well. I'm looking at you, Wardlow. Um, uh, Pete, what do you make of it? Uh, I don't know. I, I I think there might be... It's really difficult to say because Braun was super over uh, in years gone by, 2017, namely. Um, was super duper over. So you know that there's potential for him to get over with this uh, kind of the AEW style fans, which is a lot of us. There is potential for him to do that. I just don't know if it works. I, I feel like that time has maybe passed and I don't think the AEW fans particularly want to see him in AEW. There might be some sort of backlash. Even if he's a heel, I think it will be more go away heat than it would be good heel heat. What about you, Laurie? I can see Braun going back to being a faction member um, rather than being a single star in AEW. I can see him being a single star in Impact. Hmm. Uh, Eric's got a couple of hints. When is Mongo McMichaels coming back to take out Tully? D-A-D-4444 life. And Brian Danielson really has to do jazz hands in order to get over because that's what's working for Dewdrop. Uh, Ten Ruser says Adam Cole showing up in the cage match would be fitting. Ending his NXT career in a cage, starting his new chapter in a cage. I like the idea of that. Could play up that on the in his first promo. It's quite a nice little bit of poeticness mm. there. And lastly, Imperfect Perry says loose cannon lorry added again. <laughs> crazy bastard. Jam you just never know, do you? This is crazy. <laughs> Pete, uh, usually at this point, I would ask Denise, what's your plans for this weekend? But I know exactly what your plans are for this weekend because you're working tomorrow, like you mm-hmm. usually do, and then you're doing all outs, which means sure I, I assume you're getting Monday and Tuesday off then? I would assume so. I need to speak to people about who's going to cover my stuff on Tuesday. Um, but oh, I can, uh, I can yeah. do the news and images and stuff with you. Like it's, cool. there, used to be, there was a period of time where I used to get really wound up about having to do it on a Tuesday because it meant that I'd have to, I'd have to do that then watch Raw. That nah, doesn't bother me anymore. Like it's fine. It's like I don't, I don't enjoy what nothing happens on Raw, so I don't feel like I'm no. getting anything spoiled for me anymore. No, exactly. That that's how I always feel about it. It's just like oh, I need to do this. I need to like get the what is it for for what shows it was for raw that was it yeah when i started doing the the news and stuff for raw on a uh on a tuesday it would be just be like oh okay i guess i'll have to find the stories which means i'm gonna see what happened on raw oh no <laughs> anyway <laughs> all right news anyway doesn't really matter uh, but aside from that have you got any plans for like the, the saturday evening or your sunday day before you're going into the office probably sleep um mm-hmm. would be the main one just so i'm actually a little bit energetic on the all-out stream i would assume um yeah not a whole lot just uh just making sure i've got everything in order because i'm i'm gonna be it's genuinely quite boring for people that don't really care about this sort of stuff but it's like you know for for like my my news tomorrow i'm i'm having new like a new lighting setup I'm using new lights right now to light me so i've got to make sure that that's all okay i had to take in my uh, equipment last weekend 
to record in the studio. So I had to take that all back yesterday. So I need to make sure I spend some time setting that all up and make sure that's all good on Saturday morning before I record my news. And then I'll just be making sure I've got everything ready. I'm probably going to be going in a little bit earlier on Sunday night to make sure I can set up everything, get all the audio set up for the all out live stream and stuff. Cause we've been having some issues with audio for a while. So just making mm-hmm. sure that that's all set up and ready to go and all that stuff. So it's, Nothing very exciting. Just making sure that everything runs as smoothly as possible. Oh, we are heading for a wrestle talk civil war when it comes to microphones and audio right. and stuff because there are some people who are team podcaster Mike, and there are some people who are team lav Mike. Mm-hmm. And I think that those two are just going to come to a head before mm-hmm. any decisions are ever made. Yeah. And the thing is, okay. Before I say my opinion, what side do you want? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm team podcast mics. I like the mm-hmm. podcast mics. And, and the reason why I'm team podcast mics is we've never had issues with them. And yeah. ever since we made the switch to the labs, there's been nothing but trouble. Yeah. So I'm also team podcast mics. And I'm pretty sure that the only person who's team lav mics is Ollie. <laughs> but, like, but like Vince McMahon. He's the only opinion that matters. Exactly. Yeah. He's the, he's the big obstacle that we need to overcome. <laughs> uh, because, right, look, just straight, again, this is a very boring talk for people that don't care about this sort of thing. But Luke, your audio quality is really good, mate. Like, it's all right today, isn't it? And, and, and you're using a podcast mic for that. Take it so from we should the just studio. like Yeah. So we should like maybe use them for the podcast because it's a podcast microphone used for a podcast and you need good audio for a podcast yeah, and use that i mean and i and i totally get it as well like ollie's argument is which I, an argument that i very much agree with is that you get a bit more freedom with a lav mic because does, does like, he mean literally talking... like physical freedom like gesticulating exactly, and, yeah. and okay, because if right. i start to like move over this way and stuff like the audio doesn't sound quite as good but if i was on a lav mm-hmm. mic like this would all just be picked up because it's all it's right. on me all the time. Whereas if I'm okay. on a podcast, Mike, I have to have it in front of me in order for you to hear what I'm saying. Mm. I I get it. I also think he just needs to get better at podcasting. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and we've been doing it together for about ten years at this point. Like, just just have the mic near your mouth. It's super easy. Then <laughs> you, you can they'll be on arms. You can move it. It's super easy. And also, it means that you can do uh, audio gags because you can go further away from a microphone to for like comedic effect, right? It, I feel like you have more freedom with it being like a static thing in terms of actual creating audio content. That's just that's just me though. I I yeah. I just think we're sacrificing a lot of audio quality. So Ollie can wave his hands around. <laughs> he does love waving his hands around, though. He sure does. Um, uh, I'm just going to have a quick check into the old mailbag, see if we've got mm. any uh, emails I wanted to read out. Uh, I'm trying not to steal any of your um, uh, your SmackDown ones, of course. That's appreciated. Thank you. Um, also, just before you do uh, read some, some emails, uh, I was just watching just before we started uh, doing the show, I was watching a, a content creator that I enjoy watching. I was doing some Super Mario 64 speed runs, and I was like, mm. yes, gimme, 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 gimme. Um, there's a guy who I used to watch who did a load of 70 star runs. Um, and because there was a video by another content creator called Summoning Salt, who does documentaries about speed runs, about the history of the 16 star Super Mario 64 world mm-hmm. record, he then got inspired to be like, I'm going to pick up 16 star runs again. 
So he's been streaming a bunch of him doing the, the 60 star runs and I've been watching him and they're really fun. And it's, it's awesome. I, lo I love him. I love the speed runs. It's very cool. And I really love the 16 star run because like the world record is now under 15 minutes, which is Ooh. bananas uh, how quick that is. And also it just means that the runs are pretty quick. So if like, if they make a big mistake, they're like, ah, reset, let's just start again kind of thing. And you haven't wasted hours on it. Yeah. So it's quite, it's quite well, that was like. Uh, when you and I were like back in sort of the, the the pandemic days, when we had a bit more free time on our hands, you and I were both sort of like having a little crack at it because I was like Terminator is a game like on it's, it's a Terminator on the Mega Drive, and I picked that specifically because I remember like back in the day, like in the nineties, being able to do that game in ten minutes. So I was mm -hmm. like, man, if I can just like refine that, then I could probably like, uh, I mean, I, I think. When I started doing some timed runs, I was in like the top twelve. I, I think people. Mm -hmm. I can't. I can get sub ten, um, which was my my problem. I think I might have got. I think I might have got sub ten once, but you kind of really need to be able to get sub nine, which I wasn't really able to do. Then I didn't have the time. But mm. you were like doing Pokemon and stuff, and I was like, Pete, it's too big. It's too yeah. big of a game, mate. It's too it big is. of a task. It really is, and it's a shame because I I know like the the stuff you need to know about Pokemon, like the very basic stuff in terms of like because there's a the thing about Pokemon is that it's not mechanically, it's not that difficult. There's a few tricks and there's some like difficult maneuvers you need to do. But generally speaking, you're going around a map, you're following a pretty set path and you, you just need to, there's a lot of like free time where animation stuff happen in battles and stuff like that. So you're not constantly like focused having to do movement for like an hour or anything like that. It's just like, you just need to know what's going. There's a lot of stuff to memorize. And I already had, a lot of that knowledge already down in terms of like, you know, the order of the gym leaders and what Pokemon they had, what levels those Pokemon were at, what moves those um, opponents had and what what preference they would have to use what move in certain scenarios and stuff like that. I already had a lot of that just from playing the game a lot. So I already had like an advantage compared to when most people joined it. It's just a very long game, which means you just don't have the time to practice the bits that you actually need to practice. Uh, which is a, a massive shame. But I was proud of what I did, which was getting from the start to the first gym leader at about this kind of sort of pace that they did for the GDQ run that they had this year. I was like, mm. that's it's similar. It was maybe like a minute difference. I think they did it in about 17 and I did mine in 18. And I was like, pretty good. I'm okay with that. That's all right. And I didn't practice much I, more than that because it got very hard and long. I very much enjoyed. Um, I, I finally watched the Mario 64 blindfold run from <sighs> Summer GDQ, oh, which good, is man. just insane. Like doing the 70 star run there. And like they were saying on that as well that he's already working on like mastering the 128, like the full <laughs> 128 star bonkers. run blindfolded is absolutely insane. insane. And I like, came doing it in like, you know, sub 150 was real, real good. It was yeah. so awesome. Yeah, exactly. And the 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 consecrator that I was watching before, a guy called Family Jewels, who does a lot of um, he does metal covers for um, video games. That's what he does. But he also does speedrunning um, at the same time. How he has time to do both, I don't know. But he does it anyway. Um, yeah, him doing his his seventy star runs that he used to do. His ultimate time was to get that under an hour, uh, which he eventually managed to do, and it was awesome. It was super cool. He'd been working on it for like years, and finally got his sub one hour. So then see that the blindfold run. Relatively speaking, wasn't that much longer. <laughs> yeah. Blindfolded. Blindfolded was insanity. What an amazingly cool run that is. Because I think there's things like watching people do um, 
punch out and super punch out blindfolded mm-hmm. or, yeah. you know like punch out on the wing things like that like that i totally get because it's all sound cues like yeah, yeah. you've got to like know what their sound cues are i'm not and i'm not downplaying its impressiveness because it is like it's incredible i wouldn't be able to do it it's an incredibly impressive thing to be able to do but like i i get it it's looking out for those sound cues and things like that but then you just put it like no super mario 64 it's a 3d game and you're playing it blindfolded and that is all like no then i don't get how that works like mm. and you like watch him and the tactics that he uses, like I sort of get it, but also no, because yeah. you're blindfolded, man. Like mm-hmm. it, I don't, I don't get this. Yeah, it, it, it's it's genuinely insane because you have all like the 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 reset points, so to speak. It was like you know when you enter a level, you're going to enter at the same spot every time. So you have like that reset to be like, okay, now I know exactly where I am, kind of thing. But you have to memorize the exact layout of every level, which is a 3D level. And, you know, minute changes in angle to do certain things would change it dress it. You're using a stick for it. It's not even directional buttons. You're using a stick for it. So, like, yeah. tiny changes in angle drastically would change where, your position on the map. And then sometimes you have to, like, re-find a corner and listen to the sound cues of Mario walking against the wall to know what corner you're in. Oh, man. Oh, that was a delightful run to watch. Impressive stuff. Also, I'd mm. uh, highly recommend, if you haven't seen it, actually, yeah, the... Um... The Super Metroid run, uh, the was the Super Metroid race. That's mm. real good with oats and goats. That's real, real good. It's a very, very tight, intense race. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Oh, I, oh, I do love GDQ. Um, it's so fun, isn't it? And so just fun. real quick as well, just before we move off from GDQ as well, just want to say that the Super Mario Odyssey run I thought was awesome. Uh, yeah, you said. The, I actually watched the, it um, the the talker two percent is so interesting because I've watched I've watched Odyssey runs anyway. Um, but the, the talker two percent is just you go up to um, the character called talk to, which basically informs you where certain moons are. It's like, hey, why did not you get this? Moon? It'll give you like the title of the moon, whatever it is, because, you know, there's hundreds of moons in the game. Each of them has its own unique name based on how you get it, and where it is on the map and stuff like that. The talker two percent is you have to go speak to talker two and you can only get moons that talker two tells you you can get. It says, like, when you get this one, this one, this one, it gives you three every time you talk to it. You have to go then get those three. And if you need to get more from that, you have to go back to talk to, talk to him again, and it will tell you more. And then you have to go get him. So it is so much, like, on-the-fly planning to go, right, I've got these three moons to get. What's the best order for me to get these in? Which is mm. a nuts amount of memori- memorization. To know the names of all the moons, where they are, how to get them, and the quickest way between them is insane. Yeah, so I mean, cool. it's a run. I'm actually planning on watching that because you recommended when we did um, After Dark, you recommended mm. uh, that one. So that is on my list uh, so of ones to get through because I've done some of the quicker ones. I've done like the, the Earthworm Jim, the Quack Shot, things like mm-hmm. that because that's my it's my era, man. It's my jam. Of course, yeah. But yeah. I do like watching some of those technical ones. I felt real yeah. bad actually because when I had um, I had Pooh Bear on the show a couple of weeks back with Denise and mm. I introduced him to Denise as like, he is the man who was the 12th quickest at Jaws on the NES. And Pooh Bear's like, it used to be a world record. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, what's like, yeah, I used to have a bunch of world records on there, but like, because I haven't done any speed running for like 18 months to two years, I don't mm. have any world records anymore. I really yeah. should get back onto that. And I'm like, yeah, you should, Pooh because he hasn't done any of the GDQs since they've been remote. I yeah, think he's totally. just waiting for them to go back in person. And even then, like, you'll probably just do stuff with Mitch Flower, just speed running Mario 3, because that's what he like really enjoys doing, or like mm. doing the Mario Maker relays. But like, yeah, I'd like to see. I'm gonna put a petition out there for Pooh Bear to get back on the the speed running train, get back those world records, bud. Absolutely, I'd love to see that as well. 
good guy. Um, oh, he is a very, very nice guy. I also want to say thank you to everyone who got in touch with me. Uh, it's probably been the most feedback I've ever had to something I've said on a podcast before, which is about music for my baby to listen to. Um, mm. Because my wife wants to, you know, doesn't want me listening to my horrible, deathly music. And I completely <laughs> agree with her. A lot of talk about death, lots of swearing, bit mm -hmm. heavy, bit shouty, yeah. bit screamy. Probably not good for a baby, really. But thank you to everyone. So many people got in touch with me with like various like orchestral versions of uh, metal albums, or you know, people saying like Metallica's S and M and things like that. And um, uh, real Pokemon Joe said uh, to the good father Luco and Dad, if you go onto Google or YouTube, you can find music that's called Rocker by Baby. It's a kid friendly music for babies, and it's basically where they take an entire album play it on a xylophone uh, they've got the black That's album fun. from metallica led zeppelin pink floyd tool oh tool um my youngest kid is 13 years old so it's been a while since i'm about to listen to them but the experiment was i played them through a pair of uh, earphones on my wife's womb so that the fetus could listen to them when the baby was born he's playing it in his nursery or in the car my oldest is 19 and he loves 90s early 2000s new metal as well as classic rock can't say the experiment worked because the youngest kid listens to pop and country like his mum does. Thanks for everything <laughs> you do. Jam that jam. Support rest talk, support each other. While you're at it, support real Pokemon Joe if you like Pokemon. So yeah, I do like you. Pokemon. So thank you everyone who got in touch with me about that. Um, I do need to work out what I'm going to do with that. Because again, I was listening to like Primus in the car yesterday uh, when I was driving home from the office yesterday. And I was like, mm. well, I'm very much enjoying this. But this might just annoy a child because... Yeah, yeah. It is. It's an acquired taste. I, I think you've got to come to the realization that, you know, and I think I think you've accepted it that not not everyone has the same taste you do. Um, oh yeah, and especially yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough because they are your family members. But it oh, might yeah. be tough to come to realization that they're not going to like the same things you do. Probably not. No, no. They're they're old sad dad. Yeah, this, exactly. This on, yeah. It, on this Spotify, yeah. it's See, like really I, dumb. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, I don't understand how people of an older generation can just look at new music and go, oh, it's all rubbish. I'm like, have you not heard any of the great music that's coming out? There's obviously so much great stuff that's coming out and people just dismiss it. I'm now at the, out, now at the age where I listen to new music and go, well, it's all rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, it's all rubbish now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm now one of them. I, 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 I'm just at that age now. Now I, fully, I finally understand. Yeah, I was literally, I was, was... I, was in an Uber, I was in an Uber yesterday that was playing the radio. I was like, I feel like they've just played the same song five times. Apparently they were different, but they all sound exactly the same to me. Yeah, I um yeah, I'm having a bit of microphone issues. I've actually had a lot of technical issues today. I left my charger at the office, so I had to go PC World sure I was up a new new charger. That's not the first time you've left something at the office, is it? Since I've come back. Since yeah, since we've started going back to the office. No, I think this is no. I thought I'd left my hard drive there, which has got my That's podcast right. stuff in it. Turns That's out it was right. just under my desk uh, at home. <laughs> Found it. Um, now, what was I going to say about music? Uh, no, there's a South Park episode. This was years and years and years ago, maybe like ten or so years ago. They did an episode where um, uh, one of them like has a birthday, and all of a sudden their music tastes change. And now mm. all the music, like everyone else, hears music, but you just hear fart sounds, mm -hmm. and like. That is a, a lot how I, I find about. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm with you. Also, I don't know whether Luke yeah. is frozen it's or song, I. It's one of the two. No, no, no it's me. Don't you worry. It's nice. very much me. Um, 
It's good, Joe. I was about to bring this to a close, really, Pete, because um, I've got to get out of here. I've got another podcast I need to edit for Cineworld. Go and listen to the Cineworld podcast, by the way. Have a Google in your old podcast app. What's on at Cineworld Cinemas? If you just search Cineworld, you should be able to find it. It's me and Ollie talking about me, uh, movies and stuff, and all oh, there's some extra intros and outros like we do for this, and it's full of waffly nonsense, and it's very, very fun. Um, uh, apart from that, have a lovely weekend, everyone. Enjoy All Out. I'll see you on Monday for the All Out review. But Pete will be back tomorrow with Randy Andy Datsun doing the SmackDown podcast, which will be pun-tastic. So thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.